Hello out there, bibliophiles, and welcome back to another episode of Drew Archives in 10. I'm Andrew Salvati, adjunct professor of media and communications here at Drew University. And today I'm back in the archives with Candace Riley, manager of special collections. Hi, Candace. How you doing? Hi, Andrew. Doing wonderful. How about you? Great. Back for more spooky season. What do you got for us? Well, today I thought we would look at our spiritualism pamphlet collection. So we have quite a lot of different pamphlet collections. Those all fit under our 19th century pamphlet collections. And we're going to get into more about this collection later into the season, talking more about actually women's rights and suffrage movement. But today we're focusing on some spooky issues like spiritualism and ghosts and different spirit wrappings that could happen in the middle of the night. Uh, so within our October display cases that we called Witches, Ghosts, Monsters Within the Collections, I pulled for you three different pamphlets on spiritualism. The one that really stands out to me is the one called The Haunted Schoolhouse at Newburyport. And this was published in the 19th century. And on the cover is a pretty wonderful image. It is a school teacher with a pointer in her hand for the blackboard. And she is just ready to go and attack this little ghost that is about to approach her. And she's protecting a school child behind her. And this details within the pamphlet, the entire haunting of the schoolhouse at Newburyport. Oh, wow. And more illustrations inside, too. That's great. It is a, it's a really superb pamphlet. It's about only 24 pages long. There are illustrations inside. It reads um, as a, someone who is investigating this haunting. Uh, so they take a look at it from a spiritualism point of view. They note that it is not that awful of a haunting, that the ghost is doing pretty typical things. You, ha you hear bells are ringing, so you cannot explain things that are happening. Maybe chairs are moving. Okay. So she's like, that's, that's normal for a little ghost. Mm -hmm. um, but they then also mention kind of the more horrifying bits of how the teacher and the effect on the pupils, as well as other higher orders, they say, of troubles. So I'm going to read a little bit from this because it is um, a really, really wonderful pamphlet. So there's one bit that they call how the wind was affected. They say the schoolhouse is often attacked by powerful currents of air that arise suddenly at times, even when the atmosphere is entirely at rest. This phenomenon is in this respect a complete contrast to the one just described, and that calmness and light are placed in distinct opposition to the state of nature, while in this tempest and agitation take place, while the outside is calm and pleasant. So they're noting that things keep changing in very strange ways around this schoolhouse. At one moment, things could be calm, serene, and then the wind picks up like that. So it's not just things happening within the schoolhouse, it's happening in the environment around the schoolhouse at that time. A more troubling subsection of this haunted schoolhouse pamphlet is the section called the quote-unquote hand. Um, about three weeks before this date, the first intimation of ghostly appearance was had. On one afternoon at about three o'clock, a boy named Linston, a lad of 13 years old, suddenly saw pressed flat against a pane of the second row in the partition window, a child's hand. It was yellowish white in color, entirely bloodless, and its fingers were spread wide apart. Below the hand was to be seen a portion of the wrist receding into the background as though its possessor had leaned forward. 
So it's something very terrifying yeah. to come across. I mean, imagine you're sitting in a schoolroom and then all of a sudden this bloodless hand appears before you at the windowsill. So this entire document is going through all these different types of hauntings. You have atmospheric changes, a hand randomly appearing, and then it gets into the ghost. So probably the most horrific element of this haunting. Another three o'clock mention that we're going to see in this following passage. At a few minutes before three o'clock on that afternoon, a class in geography was called upon the floor to give its recitation. It took its place on the southern side of the room in such a way that it stood at a right angle to the partition window. The teacher's desk was opposite to it. It was composed of eight or 10 lads of various ages. They were the oldest of the school. And then the head of the class was standing beside the southern door, which led into the entry, which was open, suddenly cried out with a startled voice, there's a boy out there. The teacher hurried across the room. And this is where we see that illustration of that teacher running towards the ghost okay. boy. And then she is just running at him. And she approached four feet of the apparition. And she realized the true character of the ghost. And it rushed upon her. Fear was in her face, and she then fled back. So we're seeing here now an interaction of a ghost. There's a pretty amazing detailing in this spiritualism pamphlet that you're seeing an actual apparition affect a body. Yeah, wow. I mean, as we were discussing in our last episode, you kind of wonder as, you know, with our modern heads, is there any empirical basis to what's going on here? Uh, was there a cleanser being used in the school that was giving people hallucinations? Or, or what could it have been? Or was it really the uh, the supernatural? We, we don't know. And I wish we did know, because that would be a really fun analysis to have. But if you want to go digging into more of this kind of spiritualism, we have more pamphlets within this collection that may interest you. Uh, we have one called The Explanation and History of the Mysterious Communion with Spirits, talking mostly about the mysterious noises that you could then find when spirits are running amok in your household. Oh, cool. Yeah, as a teacher of podcasting, the mysterious noises kind of appeals to me. <laughs> yes. So this one would be a very good one for you to read, Andrew. And it has different accounts noting what uh, sounds were heard and why they think they were heard the certain ways and different doctors and different people remarking on this. So I really enjoy these pamphlets because it gives you a testimony, which I think is a great way to kind of get into further information about these like spiritualism stories. You're not just hearing one person give a large discussion on the issue. It's actually talking to people who may have witnessed something. Yeah. And you kind of wonder too, I mean, these were, these are pamphlets that, that were sold that made a profit for the publishers. So how much incentive did the, the publisher or the printer have to kind of really gin up some of these stories to make them uh, more, more mysterious, more scandalous to, to get those people to buy them? Oh, absolutely. And even on the backs of these pamphlets, a lot of the times you have um, adverts on the back of the haunted schoolhouse one, they mention um, different railway novels to purchase. So you wonder almost, mm. was the haunted schoolhouse story kind of a little short novel in itself? Was right. it a novella uh, that they then turned into this like, oh, no, it's a true story. Um, so th th don't ever take these at face value. Yeah, there's a little bit of uh, Henry James' turn of the screw in, in that story in particular. I think. Oh, absolutely. Um, and then the final one I want just to briefly talk about was another uh, way about mysterious noises. This one's called uh, Spirit Wrappings, uh, together with the general history of spirit communications. So 
all your communications majors out there, <laughs> if you want to get into spirit communication, this is the way to do it this October. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a good point, too, because, I mean, as I kind of emphasize to my students, like if we think about the meaning, the definition of the word media, right, one of the medium uh, has these spiritual connotations to it, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And these, like the other journals, this one also has um, further readings you can then look at on the back of the page. It tells you different uh, journals to purchase. And um, so, yeah, it, it can, you can really get down a rabbit hole here of looking at yeah. different types of communication. Well, thanks, Candice, very much for sharing this kind of detailed look at uh, part of the October collection with us. Absolutely happy to. That's our show. Be sure to check out the images of the materials we've discussed on this and other episodes of Drew Archives in 10 by visiting the Drew Archives and Special Collections website at www.drew.edu forward slash library forward slash media. You can also check out images of the archives material at the Drew University Participatory Archives at dupaarchive.org. There's a lot of great stuff there, so be sure to check it out. For myself, Dr. Andrew Salvati, and for Candace Riley, be well, stay safe, and we'll see you next time on Drew Archives in 10.